0: Place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord with the Ark of God. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came down and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel. I we'll make it for everyone who
1: hears about the tune. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. thank you, excellent. Clear, well read. Thank you very much. I think we should have him back. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, Nathan. You're booked in. <laughs> we'll discuss the fee later. Yeah, thank you, Stefan. So, How to Hear God's Voice is our title today. Are we listening is perhaps the question. And since I kind of lost my voice recently, I've realized I can't talk a lot. Maybe that's because God wants me to listen. My normal prayer walk, my normal mode of praying I enjoy enjoy most is walking in the woods to pray. So I've been walking in the woods, praying in my head, not talking, which I don't like so much and it's given me the opportunity to practice some of what I think I'm preaching today, that it's important in a relationship with anybody, including God, that we learn how to listen. Because listening, although natural to the human condition, is not something we are all naturally, equally good at. That's true with each other, and I believe it's true between us and God. So let's answer a few questions and then we'll go back to that passage in 1 Samuel chapter 3. A few things I think we need to clear up first. Firstly, do we really believe? This is my question for you, my first question for you to think about. Do you really believe that God wants you to hear from Him? Do you really believe? God wants you to, to hear. From him, we might think about, oh, there's a quote from an article I read on this topic by Pete Gregg, brother of James Gregg, some of us will know. He said this in an article I read recently. Each one of us has been born with an extraordinary superpower, an innate ability to hear the word of God. I think that's true. He also quoted the comedian Lily Tomlin, who said this. Why is it, comedian Lily Tomlin asks, that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying. When God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic. Why is it more weird to hear from God than to speak to him? What are our assumptions? I want to challenge our assumptions about speaking to God and hearing from God. So question for you. Who heard from God in the scriptures? Who can you think of? Who heard from God? Who comes to mind, Stephen? Adam, Adam and Eve in Eden, right? David. Who else? David. Mary, yep. Yeah. Isaiah. Isaiah did, yes. yes. Moses, of course, yes. Moses, times two. He probably heard from God more than once. <laughs> you were thinking of a different occasion than the one Carlos was thinking of, you know, clearly. Joseph. Sandal, of course. All the major and minor ones. All, okay. All right. So, Stefan's covered everything. Could ask you to name them.
0: The thing is, it's all right. I know.
1: The thing is, he can. It's okay, I know. But I know. Not only the prophets, people that you wouldn't expect to hear from him, they heard. Yes. So it's Okay. The shepherds, in, in a sense, yes, that's right. Somebody in the back. Uh, Peter, when he, he revealed to him that Jesus was the Christ. Okay, this was taught you not, yes, by, by my Father or by God, that's right. Okay, yeah. Any others? I'm not sure if it's the donkey himself yes. or uh, Balaam. Balaam, <laughs> Balaam, Balaam, he is from God through the donkey's mouth. Jesus That's Jesus himself. Thank you. I was waiting for the obvious answer. Thank you, Bill. Paul, right, yeah, the women, uh, the, uh, yeah?
0: Those who were present
1: there. So okay, because the voice came from heaven. So Jesus heard, but they there was a sound others heard as well. I and mean, when you start to think about it, it seems almost more normal to hear from God than not. And what's our experience? And how do we process this? How do we think about it? But I think what we can say, oh, by the way, I don't want to say that any one example in the Bible means that's what they call normative for us. All right? God speaks to different people at different times in different ways. So it's not like we have to have a burning bush experience for it to be authentically hearing from God. Are you with me? So I think these examples don't show us so much how to listen to God or hear from God, but they show us at least that God loves to connect with and communicate with his people. He wants to do that, and of course, when we think about Jesus, he he assumes that we will be able to hear him. Would someone read that for me? Someone like to read it out nice and loud. Yeah, uh, oh, Marik, is it? Yeah, please. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one Thank you. Sheep listen to my voice. You may have heard the old story of uh, during the, I think it was the First World War going on in uh, Palestine and a lot of the flocks got mixed up during the conflict and they were trying to sort out whose sheep belonged to who in Palestine and they thought it was an impossible project until the local shepherd said no, 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 our sheep know our voice. And the commanders, the, the military, didn't didn't really believe until some shepherd boy came along and started to play actually a flute, little pipe he had, and some of the sheep poked their head up amongst the other sheep, and then they walked out followed him. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think it's like that for us. He knows us, and we know his voice if we know how to listen, and if. We are attentive to that. Of course, there are limits to what I'm talking about here in that we cannot demand that God speaks to us or that he speaks to us in a particular way. He is sovereign and sometimes God remains silent for a season and for a purpose. And there are plenty of Bible examples of that. But it is important because ultimately God is love. And love is expressed in largely relationship. And relationship is not one way. It is always two-way. It involves speaking, it involves listening, it involves giving, and it involves receiving. And that is how it is with us and our Heavenly Father. We learn this, we learn this in the nature of God because of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect love and harmony. We know it because uh, we know that he cares about us because it explains his actions of creation and of Israel and of sending Jesus and of establishing the church. But we need to learn, I believe, what listening is and how to listen and what are the key issues regarding listening, which is why we're going to be looking at the main passage we're looking at today. So let's go back to the second part of the passage that Nathan read so well earlier. And could I ask someone to read this one for us, please? Yeah, would you do that? Thanks.
0: servant of the So Samuel went and down in his face. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak for your servant and listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see I am about to do something
1: in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who to Thank you very much. Yes, and tingle they will and there's there's more to that we haven't got a time to look at today, but it's not a good news message that Samuel is bringing Eli. But anyway, this is what God wants to communicate. So here's here's a question. We had the whole passage read earlier, but we had the first half. This is the second half. What's changed between when Samuel first hears something from God, but doesn't know what's going on, to what's happening now when he is connecting with God? So the question is, what's changed? What do you think? Okay, so now he knows who. Originally he thought it was? Eli. Eli. Now he realizes it's the Lord. Okay, what else has changed? Eli. Eli's changed in what way? Yeah. Because he realized was the Lord. Okay, Eli's changed. He's come kind of to an understanding. It wasn't a random dream Samuel was having. It was the Lord. Okay, so Eli has come to a different understanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Samuel's willing to listen. He's not just... I think there's a big difference, isn't there? It's a really important point. Big difference between hearing and listening. <coughs> okay, anything else? Seven? It seems like if we look at what follows in the history, that Eli himself stopped listening for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that Eli, the prophet, the top spiritual man in Israel at the time, you could say? didn't recognize that it was God's voice initially. says something about his conditions or something has changed there. You know, anything else has changed? It's not a test. you know. just, <laughs> curi- just curious to see what we've noticed. Uh, uh, it, often in people here will notice things I don't. Charlotte? now saying,
0: so, um, so I'm very
1: busy. So that he's gone from being passive yeah. to being active. Speak. Yeah, I'm listening now. Okay, that's a big change, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's quite profound. Anything else? Do you think Eli heard God the first time? Or did he only
0: hear him after
1: and Samuel told him. In this passage, I think Eli had heard from God in the past, yeah. now wasn't realizing, and then eventually. It comes to him, it really is God. Yeah, Fernando. Sorry, I, I was just thinking the fact that the, the read, really, the core of the message was really not for Samuel, it was really for the prophet. Uh, and I was just thinking how interesting that uh, had God spoken to Eli, then Eli could have uh, ignored it or assumed, well, this is not for God, this is not to do with my family, I don't want to change this. And sometimes God needs to talk to us through other people. Uh, mm-hmm. He would not tell us exactly what to do or do these people to write, voice. Mm-hmm. But when somebody is a witness, and say something to us and we know this is from God. And then, yeah. and then Eli also had uh, Samuel as a witness to say, hey, remember God said so this. Wow. Uh, so he was connecting, uh, so he was putting them in a level of uh, accountancy where Samuel was going to say, remember God said this, remember God said this, otherwise right. uh, he not Okay, Maybe God, God's that's a really interesting point. God is connecting the three of himself and Eli and Samuel together and originally they're not on the same page But by the end of this in a sense all of them are on the same page You could say, you know, I think it's a few. To, again This passage does not by in any means tell us everything there is to know about Hearing from God and listening to God, but I think there's some key things in this passage and I think the first is that perhaps it isn't that strange that we struggle sometimes to understand and know and be sure of when God is speaking to us and to know that is him. If Samuel, who'd grown up in the temple, he'd grown up in the temple. Yes, he was a young lad at this point. much. Maybe he was young as some of the lads here, or even younger maybe. So he was young, but he'd grown up in the temple. He'd spent time around Eli, a prophet, the mighty prophet, Eli. He'd spent time hearing the Torah read. He'd spent time at all the festivals. He'd spent time in this tabernacle. He'd spent time assisting Eli, presumably, with his duties in the tabernacle. And, uh, and he's been sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, it doesn't get much more holy than that, right? I mean, where, where could you sleep in a more holy location than that? So he is in the right place. He's been exposed to so many of the right things. But even he doesn't yet recognize it's the voice of God. I think that's something for us to bear in mind with our children. Our children have to have their own journey to be able to recognize the voice of God. Just because you recognize the voice and you think your son or daughter should recognize the voice because you get it, doesn't mean they will. Or doesn't mean they do just yet. It's not that strange. And if some of us feel like we struggle to be confident that we're hearing from God, then maybe we need to give ourselves a little bit of grace because Samuel wasn't in that place at that point. But I think the second thing I notice here is somebody mentioned, sometimes we need somebody else to help us to listen. That could be as simple a thing as doing some Bible study to learn how to listen to God. Or it could be that we're able to help each other interpret what we think we're hearing from God. Because God doesn't often speak through audible words, right? He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through events. He speaks through a sense of something sometimes. And having a community may help us to more accurately identify when those things are just a result of what we ate for breakfast or whether they're actually really from God. We need each other. Even though Eli might not be the best example to Samuel because he wasn't exactly the most godly man, nonetheless, God can use all kinds of people to help us. To hear from God. I think the most important point I wanted to focus on is this. Something that's bound up in the word listening. Listening. Because at the end of this uh, passage that we've had read, the word there, when Samuel says, he says, let's go back to it here. Your servant is listening, in verse 9. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This word listening, which is the Hebrew words you can see up there, doesn't only mean to hear or to listen, but it also means to obey. That's contained within the word. So when Samuel is saying, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, what he's, what he's actually saying is, speak, Lord, for your servant, I I'm ready to listen and practice whatever it is that you have for me. I'm ready to put it into, I'm I'm in a position of submission to your will, which I wish you to reveal to me. I suspect that's the greatest challenge in listening to God. It's not about technique. It's about attitude. It's being willing to be submissive to whatever God reveals. Who is our most inspirational example? It's Jesus, right? In Gethsemane is the pinnacle of all of that. All his life was like this, but the pinnacle is Gethsemane, isn't it? Where he says, not my will, but yours be done. He, He prays for hours. He has to pray for hours to enable that to sink into his own heart enough for him to be able to then go confidently to his arrest and crucifixion. May your will be done. That's him listening to God, in a sense. I think this is more challenging. There are ways that can help us to hear from God. I think there are things we can do that can be advantageous. But the key thing is the attitude. I've been reading a book called Letters by a Modern Mystic, which is a little strange, to be honest, uh, but very inspiring in its own way. They're written by a missionary to uh, Malaysia, um, an earlier part of the 20th century. And it's his sort of diaries. And, (coughs) excuse me, it's him chronicling his his attempt, his experiment, to live a life listening to God all day. Like, that was his dream. And it chronicles his struggles with that. And he says this, because he, he, when, he found, when he had moments when he felt like he was listening and living with that listening mode we've got, he says, I feel like one who has had his violin out of tune with the orchestra and is at last, at last is in harmony with the music of the universe. Some of the struggles of the Christian life are not because we don't understand what to do. A lot of the struggles of the Christian life are more about struggling to be submissive and open to the will of God. To listen and to live in that way. It might be a little bit um, like having an out-of-tune violin. Or possibly an out-of-tune guitar. Of course, our guitarists, their guitars are never out of tune. And the piano certainly is. And so every Sunday we have to tune the guitars to the out-of-tune piano so that we can at least be in tune- out of tune together, maybe is that a way to put it? Uh, but if we don't do that How bizarre it's going to sound? How distracting? It's about getting in tune more than it is perhaps about anything else. You might be familiar uh, Oh, yes, yeah, so Pete Greg says this Learning to listen is one of the disciplines of the Christian life It may be an innate ability, but that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be developed, part of that is protecting ourselves from the things that get in the way of our ability to listen. I think the challenge is not so much how to listen, but what gets in the way of listening. Are we tuned in? You might be familiar with this, uh, this sign, right? There's one here, this induction loop. If you're not familiar with it, this is a way for people with a hearing aid to tune into what's going through the PA system, right, through a wireless system. Very handy for people as they as they struggle with hearing it. And that this is available in this building, I believe, uh, I understand. And it's it's the ability to hear better is available to anybody with a hearing aid in this building if they're tuned in. But if it's not turned, a hearing aid is not turned on, or this isn't turned on. Oh, we're not tuned in right, we're not going to hear very well. So let me ask you briefly, what are some barriers to listening to God? What are some barriers to hearing from God? What would you say are some of the common things? Distractions from other things. Distractions from other things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Overconsumption of food, media, all kinds of stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. Pride, our own pride gets in the way. Self reliance. Self reliance. Okay. Yes. What else gets in the way? And I could ask what gets in your way, but you don't have to say that. <laughs> you could just say what gets in other people's way if you like. <laughs> uh, Akin. It's time. Not making the time seem to listen. So okay. Time, to uh, time challenges. I'm not exactly sure. Or or like a, like party, or... Who am I? Feeling unworthy, Simon. Uh, not making the effort. Uh, Just not making the effort. Laziness, colours. Worry. Worry, anxiety. Yes, yeah. of course. Letting that run its run through the, the heart and the mind. Yeah. depression. Depression. Yeah, it could be mental illness issues. Could be a challenge. So, um, Net. Net. denial, okay, yeah. oh, okay, thank you, in, in impatience, mm, come on God, speak to me now, <laughs> what is that prayer, Please, God, give me patience, give it to me now, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Patricia, doubts, yeah, not being willing to accept what he's saying. There are a number of things. You could, we could break a long list and write a whole book, I'm sure. Um, unworthiness is common, the sense that I'm I'm not worthy. But then who is, is my question. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know that any of us really are. But theologically, some of us have grown up in traditions that say this isn't what to expect. We might have to change our theology. Experience. We might have certain expectations of what the experience is like. Hearing from God, and if the the way God speaks to us doesn't match our expectations of the experience, then we won't hear properly. We box God in sometimes to certain ways of communicating. Busyness, too much noise, clutter, too many screens, too much noise. Talking too much. Not making time or space for listening. There is a discipline. So what I want to suggest today is I don't want to give us a list of tips although the title suggests it, how to listen to God, but it's not about the tips, really. It's about the attitude and understanding and recognizing what gets in the way, personally, which may be different from, for each of us here, and doing something about it, intentionally. I love Dallas Willard's writings, and he wrote a book called Hearing God, which I reread this week um, in preparation for this. And he said this, spiritual people are not those who engage in certain spiritual practices, they can be useful, of course. But they are those who draw their life from a conversational relationship with God. What does it mean to be a spiritual person? At least part of it is that we draw our life, our life, from a conversational relationship with God. In other words, the relationship with God is real. It's not a Sunday morning thing. It's not just when I read my Bible thing. It's not just when I'm praying thing, it's having a conversational walk relationship with God. So fundamentally, fundamentally it's about being aware, submissive, attentive, open. It's about being willing, obedient, desiring to hear. It's about being open to learning. How do we hear from God? We cultivate the right attitude. And then we let God speak to us the way he wants to. Um, Speak, for your servant is listening. That's the key. I am your servant, Father. I am placing myself in a position of active listening. I think he'll speak. I think we'll know. And we can always talk to each other if we're not quite sure. We check with the Bible to make sure it doesn't contradict Scripture, and perhaps we check with each other, but then we walk this kind of life. Incidentally, I've started a quiet, a podcast series on this topic. If you wanted to uh, uh, listen to any of those, if you just look for uh, Quiet Time Coaching online, you'll find it, and uh, we'll carry on with that. Now, I'm going to stop there, because what I'd like us to do is to think about songs that might connect with anything that we've talked about here this morning.